Get a jump start on 2024 in a new Kia from Robert Brogdon's Olathe Kia. Shop their large selection, including the new Sorento, Nero, and Soul models. You'll score big with low prices, trade assist cash, and a 30-day money-back guarantee. Visit OlatheKia.com. The show that takes you home. The Homestretch with Sterling Holmes on ESPN Kansas City. 1510 AM, 94.5 FM, and the ESPN Kansas City Facebook page. Welcome to the Homestretch, ESPN Kansas City, 1510 AM, 94.5 FM, 1510.com, and Facebook Live. Live in studio on a beautiful Monday afternoon. Lebo with me. All right, he's just not going to talk. That's fine. He, Hello, he, No, no, he's fine. It, no, I don't want no, you to talk. Did you see 60 Minutes last night? The Chili Peppers. I know, and I have not seen it yet. You know, they're not going to tell you something you don't know. Probably not. You know enough. I know most. You know all there is to know. If not all. It's your fourth favorite band. Who am I, top three then? No, you're number they're, one. They're my number one. Yeah. They're your number one. Yeah. Have you seen the front of my Jeep? I got a Chili Peppers license plate. Just bought a new Chili Peppers shirt. Mm. Gonna come in the mail. Still never saw him. You're missing out. I know. I know. They drugged out and canceled a concert when I was in college. Never saw him. Yeah. Sounds like them. Well, (laughs) Frusciante was going through some issues. Yeah, could have been. Yeah, could have been. Could have been. It's a beautiful day, though. What a wonderful uh, weekend we had. We got Super Bowl week is here. It's upon us. It's time to go. It's great. Why aren't you there? I like to be here. <laughs> I like to be here. I've done Super Bowl week a lot of times, and um, I felt my talents were best served back here in an organizational role. Ah, and uh, did not want to spend thirty hours on buses driving across the, the the desert from hotel to hotel to hotel. I prefer the the cities where they where they're smaller and more tight. Yeah. Like if they Chiefs go next year to Vegas, I'll probably go. You'll That'll swing be a much more. It. You'll convenient swing it. city, yeah, because it's like you can. The convention center and the hotels are all close to each other, and um, I don't think the team sites will be as far away as they are. Phoenix is a big, big, big spread out town. How close is it to Scottsdale? Well, that's where the Chiefs are. They're in North Scottsdale at Ganey Ranch, and then. Radio Row is downtown, so it's not super close. And the stadium is all the way out west. Yeah. You know. I've been to Arizona. I've mm -hmm. been to Scottsdale. Been climbed um, Camelback Mountain. Mountain, yeah. Which is funny, because when you're young and in shape, it's really easy. for me? I don't know. Well, I did it with two bush lights. Yeah. And uh, a basketball jersey and basketball shoes. And I look back at it now going, how the hell did I do that and not die? Because you're strong. But now, that's asinine. No, I, I would love to go if it was in Scottsdale. I, I, I don't want to sound like a, like a complainer guy, and I'm not. Because I have been well, told you are, though. by like all of my friends and people are like, why aren't you going out there? I said, ah, I'm good. Um, Is it more fun when your team's not in it? No, it's even worse then. I mean, it would be less work if your team wasn't in it because you, you don't feel like you need to go to some of the things. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, but it, it's, 
listen, it's great. It's a lot of work. I enjoy that stuff. Um, it's fine. But, I, you, you know, I'm, I'm good. I, d- I chose not to go. Wow. So. Lebo, That's known hater of, of, of Chiefs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, listen, I've been to everything this year. Um, all the games at home and practice almost every day. I, maybe one or two things I missed. Um, I'm looking right now. They, they claim 40 minutes from where the Chiefs Hotel is to uh, the stadium. I promise you, you can, no chance you can make it there. In 40. In 40. No way. They're just, they're, are they that far away to keep them out of a temptation's way? It's just way. a big city. I mean, they're just... They're, Scottsdale's a great place for, for them where they are. That's I fine. love Scottsdale. The, the stadium is just, uh, you know, different, you know. Are you nervous about the grass at all? Uh, a little bit. A little bit. Um, yeah, I, I think a little bit. We've seen a lot of injuries they, they've happen. They've redone everything, apparently. But uh, the, I will. When we talked to the Chiefs people last, last uh, week about the grass that they faced out there, apparently there had been a lot of activity on that field. Leading up to that, or something, and it wasn't like think the that, Mexico City. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> no, because the concert that the was. concert that uh, Shakira or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was someone. They thought that was, the field was pretty slick. I think they've put a whole new turf in, mm. so it should be good. But yeah, I'm a little bit concerned. If you had two people get hurt and miss significant time, well, then Colin Murray and other injuries throughout the season. I know every single stadium, yeah. I'm sure, has had injuries, but it felt like there was a plethora. Mm-hmm. On the Arizona yeah, the first Cardinals, kick of the game, yeah. And if yeah, you're Harrison Bucker, is in the he, back of your dome. He, well, he's changed what he said. You know, he was doing like an eleven step approach then. He's doing like a five and a half step approach yeah. now. Unlikely, he's going to have any issues like that. Um, but you know, it's where Trent McDuffie got hurt. Yeah, halfway through his first game of his life, and they didn't get to play for quite a while. He'd never really been hurt before, so there's probably a little something there. They, they'll just try to go play, though. I mean, that's just the way it works. The, these fields are all still better than the field in Philadelphia when Andy Reid became head coach at the Vet. Sure. Where they literally won preseason game, said, we're not playing. They canceled a preseason game. Yeah. Like, this field is unplayable. Yeah. I can't remember what teams were there. Like, this is because they had the seams in it because they moved things sure. for baseball and all that. Yeah. That was a really good idea. And, like, from 1966 to 73 or 4, all these cities built these multi-purpose cookie-cutter circles where you could play football and baseball because they, they had AstroTurf that you could oh, yeah. use. And you could when they put that in for the Astrodome mm-hmm. when they first built that in 1968 because they tried to grow grass inside and it burned up. And they said, well, we need to invent something. So that's where they invented it. But Riverfront in Cincinnati, the Vet in Philly, Bush Stadium in St. Louis. Um, there was another circle one that was just like that. They were like, since I said Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, yeah, Three Rivers, they were all just these circles that they could move the seats and make them look like baseball fields, and then they could play football on them, and they were all crappy because the AstroTurf back then, it was truly called AstroTurf. Nothing's AstroTurf anymore. It's all yeah. it's, synthetic. It's synthetic, and it may have a brand name of Field Turf or something else. Um, and, it, you know, it's been around for a while, but they're getting better at it as well. But, you know, this this stuff is better than those things were. Sure. But you can get hurt anywhere. Oh yeah, we, we, we we've seen that. You can get because this is real grass out yes, here. Yes, they, they roll this. You've all seen something about the stadium. The, the, the entire field plate just 
it rolls out and it's outdoors. It's so what they, they do in Vegas grass. too. Vegas, if you've ever flown, I remember that when they first built the stadium, I was flying out there and we flew into Vegas was one of the layovers, and you, you fly it, right yeah. by it, and the, the the grass is outside. It's mm-hmm. it's soaking in the sun. Yep, it's growing out there. And Arizona is the first place to do that. Yeah, and it that just didn't take very well week one, and they've had some injuries. Uh, running around out there, but I, it'll be better. I think the Chiefs will be fine on that front. I, I, ta- I talked to Nick Lowry about this, and he was one of the first people who noticed, obviously, if you're a kicker, you're going to notice other kickers and their tendencies. He noticed early on when Bucker came back, it was no longer the 10 or 11-yard mm-hmm. kickoffs. It was more of the 5 to 6-yard. And I asked him, I go, is there something to either him or Dave Tobe telling him? Because we also noticed less touchbacks. He's not kicking it to the end zone. We saw a couple of big returns from Jamal Agnew against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, some crappy weather in some of these games too. But, but he yes. said a lot of it was he might not actually have the leg strength to get it done. Yeah. This is more of a I, precautionary. I'm pretty sure he was trying to kick him deep against the Jags. Yeah. They took some of those out from like two yards deep, and they, mm-hmm. you know, that's just how it is. Yeah, but I think it's definitely – Butker has been very honest about this. He had to change what he was doing because he's not 100% healthy yet. And maybe next year he'll go back to those 11-step drops or whatever. But right now he's not doing that. Remember in that, that Cardinals game, he came in and kicked like a one-step 50-yard. It was a 55-yard one-step. Yeah. So he has the leg, the leg strength. It's just a matter of it's technique. And then when you're talking about kicking field goals, you have to have your mind right and believe in your technique mm-hmm. and believe in everything to be able to kick it straight. Look at Brent, uh, Brent Maher. You know, yeah. shanking oh, four. Just lost. You know? a, if you play golf, you've been there. It you was, know that feeling. It was really funny. I guess that was Friday when we talked to Butker at the podium before they left town. And um, we were asking him about the kick itself to win the game. He's like, did you know it was good from right from the get-go? And he's like, no. He knew it was straight. But the wind was so swirling and fierce down there. He said, like, Tommy jumped up. And it was like, it's good. And he wasn't like a thousand percent sure because, you know, it didn't get over by a lot. Yeah. A lot of when he kicks a 45 yard field goal, it might hit the top of the net. Sure. He could probably kick a 45 yard field goal over the net. Mm-hmm. This thing caught like the last two <laughs> knots in yeah. the net. I and mean, it was probably good from three yards further. Sure. But not much more than that because the wind, I was up in the press box. We're up high, mm-hmm. ninth floor. And I'm on, we're on that side of the 50 yard line. About the 30-yard line or so. So right from about where he kicked it. And that thing went up, and it just died like one of your beautiful feathered-down wedges. Yeah. It just knocked dropped down. It was, it's a knockdown. It was, it was crazy. It was like going, and, went, and it went down. A lot of times his kicks are more like, shoot, and then down. This sure. thing went, because he was short from 53 there. In before the game. Warm-ups, yeah. Before the game. he made. They said his range was 55, but that kick. No chance from 55. Yeah. He would have kicked it differently. Sure. Had it been a 55-yard kick. It was an impressive performance considering the win, considering everything that had led up awful. to that. Special teams has been back to normal. I don't know if this was Dave Tobe, regular yeah, season. Just hey, whatever. hey you know. gamesmanship. We'll blow a game against the Colts with this. We'll have a bad special teams unit and then playoffs yeah, that tighten up. Matt Amendola kicking against the Colts sure. early on. But Bucker seems to be back. Yeah, and he they, looks when he more came normal. back, and the, their whole thing was just off. The yeah. snaps were a little off, the holds were were a little off, and the kicks were a little off. They look like everything is working in unison now, and that's where you, where you want it to be heading into this game. That's that's absolutely what you want to have. So that's good news for them. I thought it was great. We were talking this morning, you know, just so many things. This took me back. You like baseball? This is an interesting analogy. So 
I don't know what Sky Moore is going to be. Yeah. Okay, but without Chris Jones getting that sack and then forcing them to punt. All right, so let's say Chris Jones doesn't get that sack, and then they go down, and they score, and the game's over, and they lose. All right, so then for the last eight days, everyone's just sitting here sad. What does Sky Moore feel like if he didn't get to have that punt return? Mm. They're not at the Super Bowl. His day was, uh, I had a carry and a yeah. caught a pass, whatever. We don't know where he's going to go. From no that. redemption story. So his right now, Chris Jones gets a sack. He gets to catch a punt, do something that everyone, including himself, did not want to do for the last like three months. Gets a 27-yard return, sets his team up in a position where they can go win the game, and they did that. So now he's at the Super Bowl. He's flying high. Who knows? Yeah. So I'm going to take you back to the 2014 playoff game between the Oakland A's and the Kansas The wild card game. The wild card game. Yeah. All right, so Mike Moustakis batted about 215 that year. Mm -hmm. Was a train wreck. Yep. He, it, he got sitting down that season, if I'm absolutely. not mistaken. Yeah. And then he got to come back up because someone got hurt, like right after he got sent down. It was, he was not good. Go look at his stats. 2014 Moustakis, it ain't good. He gets pinch hit for in the ninth inning of the divisional game for Josh Willingham. Yeah. Josh Willingham comes in. He blooped that one to right, his, correct? Little, sticks his butt out, flips the yeah. ball down the field. Josh Willingham's last at bat of his major league career is that at bat. Yeah. He he drops it in. The Royals score a run. They go uh, three more innings. You look at the lineup that was in there for the Royals at that point. Billy Butler had been sit down yeah. for a pinch runner. Mike Moustakas wasn't playing. Jason Nix was getting yeah. big bats. Jason Nix. All right. And they weren't scoring. Yeah. They ended up scoring. They go to the, to the postseason of 2014. What does Mike Moustakas do in the postseason of 2014? He was torn. He couldn't, couldn't get out. He was hitting bombs. Hitting home runs in Baltimore. Hit a home run at Anaheim. Anaheim late night to win one. Had a World Series homer as well, I believe, in game six. Uh, Again, yeah. So what if the Royals don't win that game? And the last thing Mike Moustakas has from that season is I got pinch hit for in the ninth <laughs> by, inning. By 38-year-old Josh for, Willingham. For a dude who's his last at bat of his yeah. life. And so I'm hopeful that Sky Moore will get buoyed forward sure. and have a Super Bowl like Mike Moustakas It's a trampoline, the, the jumping off point. Like maybe his confidence there and he can catch punts and he can be a weapon because I don't think – the smart move will be to have Kadarius Tony back there catching punts. With his ankle, they need to either say, you're a punt returner or offense, pick it. Yeah. And if they're confident in Sky, Sky, go do this. And maybe he can go out and he can return a couple punts. You and think catch over a Justin Watson, though. Uh, or Watson's the safe play for sure. Yeah. But, you know, McColl's out. He's on IR now. Yeah. There's no chance. But it that little story in my head, I'm hopeful, because Mike Moustakas turned out to have a great Royals mm -hmm. career after that. But it was not great heading into that. He'd been up for a couple of years, blah, blah, here and there, and was so uh, not bad, just ineffective, that he'd been sent down as like a third-year player in the league and pinch hit for in the most important inning in Royals history in the previous 35 years. Yeah. For most a dude important. who just got there. Who had been there for four ancient, weeks. Yeah. And was just good for Josh uh, Willingham, by the way. Great for him. Good for him. But, by the way, Alder, or, uh, Alberto Cayaspo. He got a hit in that. He he was going to be the hero. Crushed for the Ro yeah, he former Royal. Yes, almost was the hero. He was the hero.
Until he wasn't. Until he wasn't. Until he wasn't. But that's that's what extra chances can do for you. And that's what the extra chance did for Mike Moustakis because he went into the offseason of 2014 feeling good about having two or three home runs or whatever it was in the postseason. Mm-hmm. And that helped, you know, and they all lost in game seven of the of the series. So they that, you know, lit their fire. They used that all offseason and they had a great 2015 and won the World Series, whatever. But I think Sky Moore would be a great thing if what he got to do, and he almost didn't get to do it because the game could have been over without the sack or whatever. What he got to do, hopefully that will be something he can jump and move forward from. We'll talk more at Chiefs, but I just wanted to pull up some of the names on the athletic side. I forgot Coco Crisp was mm-hmm. still in the league. Oh, yeah. Former Royals legend. That's right. Coco Crisp. I still remember when he was signed to Kansas City. Oh, yeah. Oh, got it. I think I got a Couple jersey years, of his. Yeah. I was stoked because he was a fairly big yeah, name. He was a good player. Not here he wasn't. No. He, he was, was hurt. Definitely... He played 20 games. Sure. Uh, Johnny Gomes, who eventually became a royal. A royal. Br- uh, Brandon Moss, mm-hmm. who became a royal, royal who had two five RBIs that, yeah. in that game, was Hit just. A seven million foot home run toward... off Yordano Ventura. Was that Giovanni Soto, I believe, got in that bat? Pinch hit for Daniel, not Daniel Norris. Um, Did he come in and catch? And was yeah, hitting? Giovanni, yeah. the former Cub, who yeah. was, I think, in a home run derby as well as an all-star for the mm-hmm. for the Cubs. But he would have been old at that point. Josh Reddick, who went on to destroy the, the Royals next year mm-hmm. for the Astros. the Astros. Jason Hamill, who, who then who, became... Who was the loser. Who became yes, a, a Kansas Royal. City Royal. How about his uh, life as a Royal? Checks didn't bounce. That's all I know. Yeah. He wasn't very good, but the checks didn't bounce. I just always forget, because you look back, Jed Lowry wasn't Jed Lowry at that point. He had and, a, and then Josh Donaldson left from there. To Toronto. To Toronto and was you know part of those good rivalry yeah. games, and he's still running around cashing checks. I just am always shocked that Albert, or is it Alberto Caps? Alberto Cayaspo. Alberto Cayaspo was still in the majors mm-hmm. at that point. He got that big hit. I mean, they were going to win. It was an RBI? Yeah. They were going to win. Wow. They were going to win until Salvi got up because that was a two-run, I guess it's called a single. Maybe it was a double. I guess they call that a double, right? There was no play made, but two-run scores, yeah. I think they call it a double. But Kiaspo had gotten the hit um, you know, earlier, the, the top of the inning. So, But it, those things don't happen no. if they don't get through. If, Correct. if Josh Donaldson doesn't get a little pinch hit and a Nori Aoki sack fly, and then all the rest of that stuff happens. It, yeah. It's the beautiful thing about sports. Sports. <laughs> You know, you you win, you lose. I'm walking off the. I'd gone. I was at the game working, right? And then I'd I'd found my way into an armband to get on the field after the game, even though I wasn't supposed to be there. So I went down. I I'm, I'm walking off, and so this wasn't right after the game. The Bengals were off the field at this point, but as I'm walking past the Bengals locker room, that's where they're in their dead. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're just like gut punched. That's where Joseph Asai, the yeah. video you see of his teammate saying, you don't hit the effing quarterback. Yeah. He's right there. And now they're in there. They're just like dead. 20 feet later, there's a group of 100 people who are friends and family of Chiefs players. They're going down on the field. You walk out of the field. The confetti's blowing. Mm. And then everyone's just having this party. And it's all happening within yards of each other. It's just wild. Yeah. And the margin is so thin. If, if a side doesn't touch Patrick Mahomes, they need to make another play to get – Butker in position to kick. He can't kick sixty yards. A sixty yard field goal. There's in that no wind. chance. In that win, they'd yeah. have to go one more play, hope to get a little bit closer, and maybe make it. 
All right, so if, what, what if they, they can't do that? They have to go overtime. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, he didn't have to make any more plays after that. No. Dude his, ran his, as his fast ankle, as he could. He had one play left. And got pushed onto the ground. Yeah. If he had to go play overtime, I don't know. How his ankle holds up? How's he feeling? Who knows? Yeah. But that just one little play like that turns everything around. Now the Bengals are sitting here. We were in the Super Bowl the year before. Now we didn't get it done. Can they you know, find that inner fortitude to go come back and fight harder? Or are, is T. Higgins already wanting more money? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, it can start fracturing and breaking apart. Jesse Bates, safety, up for money. Like, time for money, you know. They're, they're in a different spot as, as the Chiefs are. And, and I've said this. It's a little off topic from what we're it's talking about. It's time for Joey Burrow to, to maybe get the extension as well, right? Well, and I said the, the Chiefs are ahead of the Bills and the Bengals in the time frame the timeline. The Bills had one more year with Josh Allen on his quote-unquote rookie contract, mm-hmm. right? So they went all in, brought in Von Miller, uh, you know, Which they still will uh, be paying a, a couple for. seasons before they brought in, you know, Stefan Diggs. Right. But they went all in this year because they go this is our last chance with Josh Allen before the contract kicks in. Well, now it kicks in next year, mm-hmm. more things to to find out. The Bengals, like we mentioned, Joe Burrow, still on a rookie contract, has one more season, maybe even one more. Yeah, technically. They, yeah, technically they can, but you like to kind of get some certainty now. So th- now is but, the time but, you can do a deal. But now you can do a deal. But now T. Higgins is, is going to come up eventually. Which is when Jamar the Chase. Did it, which I thought was smart. They did it after Patrick's third year. Yes. They did the deal, and he did a deal that I don't think most quarterbacks are going to do. No. And it, the Bengals don't have, they have a reputation of being super cheap. Correct. And will, is T. Higgins like, I love this, or is he like, I got to go get my money? And this is the thing that the the Chiefs did the hard decision of saying, "All right, we can't bring everyone back. We're going to have to make some tough decisions." Tyree Kill, you were a great you piece, go. but you got to go. We can't afford to pay you. That may happen with Chris Jones this off season, but will it happen with T. Higgins or Jamar Chase? And now the Chiefs did the hard decision with Tyron Matthew saying, "Hey." We, lo- we love what you did here. It's time to move on. Mm-hmm. Will the Bengals do that with Jesse Bates? And what it comes down to, the Chiefs hit on their draft picks. They hit on some of their free so Asian far, guys so as good. well, right? Yeah. So far, it's it's looking pretty solid. But they've already done this. They they pulled the teeth. Now it's time for the Bengals and Bills to pull the teeth. Right. You know, the, the offseason of 19 or 20, after 19 into 20, when they signed Patrick Mahomes, they didn't need to sign him yet. He'd played... For three years, 17 he didn't play, 18 he played, 19 he played. They won a Super Bowl. He's a first-round draft pick. you got five years. You can just play the fourth year. You can put the fifth-year option, and you just do it that way, and then you sign him in. But they said, no, we want to have him, and we want to have that contract that they can work like Taffy, which they've done. Or else you're in a the Ravens-Lamar Jackson situation. And they did that because – they did. I, it's so vivid in my mind because these were zooms uh, when Patrick yeah. got signed, and he he was flat out saying he wanted to leave room for things to happen. Like two weeks later, they got Chris Jones done, and that was money well spent because they could have said goodbye to Chris Jones right then. There were plenty of people that said they should have traded him then. Yeah, but th- they've gotten they're back in the Super Bowl, okay? And they've this is the second time they've gone to the Super Bowl since Chris Jones got his deal. But this offseason, it's going to be maybe time. Is Chris Jones going to be like Patrick Mahomes? Say, I want some sort of deal that works. I don't know. He might because he's gotten two big deals now. He's, he's gotten yeah. money. And if he really likes to be here, now I know he likes Joe Cullen and he likes what they're doing. And listen, you could go get paid a lot of money somewhere else, but you're going to go to the Super Bowl somewhere else? I don't know. The, the, the Chiefs do have more, more room to, to is, work with with Chris there Jones. Is, uh, there is 
collateral built up with this organization with these players. Yeah. And I don't think that collateral is built up in Cincinnati. Yeah. With with the organization and these players. And I think it kind of is a little bit in Buffalo with some of those guys, but probably not like it is here. This is unusual what's going on in Kansas City with the way these superstar talented players they love the ownership, they love their head coach, they like being in Kansas City and all of that. I don't know if that's happening in Cincinnati. I'm super interested to see what happens with T Higgins. If he's going to do like DK Metcalf said I'm not doing this. McLaurin said I'm not doing this and they end up paying too much money for these guys probably. Sure. AJ Brown said I'm not doing it, so they traded him. Now AJ Brown's happy. Sure. The Eagles are in that kind of uh, situation. They're young with their quarterback, but well, they again, got some J- older Jalen guys. Jalen Hurts is a, is a rookie. Yeah. They they retooled and they have some guys on deals that are under market. Like Darius Slay might be slightly under market for being a top five corner. James Bradbury might be. I I think that deal was re- was reworked when he came from the Giants. Um, Fletcher Cox, I don't think has ever been yeah, known as just, one of the highest paid guys, even though he's yeah, as talented. He, he's as a he talented is. D tackle. I mean, he's yeah. not he's not Chris Jones, so he's not going to get that kind of money. Sure, but there, uh, AJ Brown wanted to go there, and they needed AJ Brown to make their offense more dynamic. They had to have him. I saw this graphic today. Philadelphia's offense is all Philadelphia players, with the exception of AJ Brown. Draft picks, yeah, draft picks. So. The deal is, uh, without A.J. Brown, I don't think they're in the Super Bowl. So sure. they needed that, that guy. They needed that guy they to get him over the hump. Because remember a few years ago, they, were, they had backup quarterbacks catching passes. They, they went from no wide receivers to they got some dudes now, right? Well, and they missed on some draft picks. The guy from TCU who's now in yeah. Minnesota, they missed Rieger. on uh, yeah, Jalen Rieger. But um, they've hit on Devontae Smith, and, and A.J. Brown was a known commodity, and they traded for him, and then – did they re-sign him yet? He got a deal. It was a sign-and-trade kind of... A.J. Brown, yeah. yeah. I, I believe it was a sign-and-trade. So the, the graphic I saw was from some Philadelphia outlet, and they showed the Chiefs, and the Chiefs were built elsewhere or something. It was about like half that. and half. Chiefs yeah. were about half and half, while the Eagles were everyone except for A.J. Brown. The, the funny thing is you flip it to defense, and the, the Eagles are probably half and half. Yeah. And on the Chiefs' defense, it's Frank Clark. Yeah. Everybody else on the Chiefs' defense... Starting, Star- starters, starters, is you got Chris Jones, Derek Nadi, you know Carl Loftus, whatever yeah. Mike Dana, Leo Chanel, Nick Bolton, um, Willie Gay, Willie Gay. Well, Justin back. Reed, Justin Reed, it's two guys, Justin Reed and Frank Clark. Everyone else: Juan Thornhill, Legarius. Trent McDuffie, Legarius Sneed, Josh Williams, Jalen Watson, whatever. Yeah, it's crazy. They're they're and they're pretty good. I mean, they're not great. I don't think the Chiefs' defense is as good as the Philly offense. Sure. But that's what the Chiefs had to do because they couldn't keep Tyreek Hill on their team. They had to go, and they couldn't pay Anthony Hitchens this money, so they had to go draft some young players, and they did it that way. And I think it's pretty interesting to look at how those kind of two sides of the ball are with these teams. And it's funny because both these two teams – the spot they excel in, the other team could be either their weakness or the spot that they excel in, that's their weakness. That's the great thing you, about the matchup. You, you, you look at, um, let's say, the again, we know about the Eagles and the quarterbacks they face, but their numbers are still very, very impressive. Yeah, they get after the quarterback. You, you look at their, their yards per attempt, right? Given up. 5.5 tops in the league by wide margin. 
What are the Chiefs? What's their yards per attempt? 8.1. Yeah, something's got to Which give. is second in yeah. the NFL, just behind, uh, I believe it was Miami that was first because— It wasn't Tom Brady with his 17,000 passes. Surprisingly not. But then also you, you, you look at the, the sacks versus the offensive line. It's just hilarious at just how different these two teams are. And the are. Eagles do it without blitzing. It's just it's their front four. And then you look at the ESPN, the the index, their FPI, their expected win, who, mm-hmm. who would win. You don't see it very often. It's exactly 50-50. It's crazy. These two teams are very evenly matched, and they do it in such a different way. It's Mahomes' head coach advantage for Kansas City. It's basically everywhere else is the the advantage for the Eagles. But which spot's going to give? Right. Well, that's where it's going to come down to in this game. That's where a special team's mistake is going to be a killer. That's where a turnover, a fumble, a tipped ball interception, you know, something like that can kill you. That, and that's, that's where these games fall. Yeah. That's what happens, and that's why you can't have issues, um, you know, like that in the Super Bowl. It, it's pretty amazing. The Chiefs ended up, I guess, in the Super Bowl they won. Patrick Mahomes threw two interceptions. Jimmy G threw one. So they were minus – and won the Super Bowl. That's pretty rare to be minus in turnovers and win the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Probably. Yeah, he, he has four interceptions in his two Super Bowl appearances. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes' Super Bowl numbers aren't great. No. And now he played winning football against the Niners well enough. He, he was not. But Bucket, the, the Bucks one was an outlier. Yeah. Don't, don't look at the box score. We, we, we know how that transpired. Yes, it was, it was a different deal. And that's what, like, the only really remaining player – who played anything on the offensive line had anything to do with that game was, was Andrew Wiley, right? Mm-hmm. And he's the, the guy who everyone keeps looking at, like Philly. However they play it, they can put someone over there on Andrew Wiley, whether it's Hassan Reddick or whatever, who is probably going to have the distinct advantage over that person. Orlando Brown has been okay. Sure. But he's had some times this year where he has been overmatched by speed rushers. Yeah. And he's probably going to have some issues That's as well. That's probably going to be Hassan Reddick. You put the speed guy They'll over just there. just do one. You put Brandon Graham on the other side, Fletcher Cox, uh, Hargrave in the middle. And you got to fit. So that it'll be up to Chiefs. You hope for the Chiefs' sake. It reminds me a little bit of the Buffalo game when they played them in the regular season. And the first, like, three drives looked like death for the Chiefs. Yeah. And then they figured something out. And you hope that they for the Chiefs that they don't take two drives to figure it out and have something devastating yeah. happen beforehand because, like, Orlando Brown was getting run by. I and mean, it was when yeah. Vaughn Miller looked like he was 24. Sure. And then he got hurt and he's out. These dudes from Philly can do that to you, and the Chiefs need to figure that part out quick. And that's what the game planning two weeks is all about, and they'll, they'll study. And they played these guys oh, yeah. last year. But it was a little they, different. A little different. No, no Reddick Redick wasn't there. And, and also – A.J. Brown wasn't there. I, mean, the, 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 I think those are the two biggest – Game changer. Sure. One more year of Jalen Hurts playing quarterback's great. That's huge. But you put the biggest game wrecker uh-huh. and a game breaker on offense on this team, and it makes a huge difference. And they also have Indomitian Sue, Jordan Davis, as Just from as, nowhere, right? And, and then even wild, Josh Sweat. I mean, they yeah. have seven dudes deep on their D line that you're sitting here going, this is incredible. He's got to move quick, got to do things quick. I mean, that could mean a big day for Kelsey because it's going to be hard to. Um, they play a lot, him. And they play a lot of zone defense, which what does Travis yeah. Kelsey destroy? And yeah. Juju Smith-Schuster. Yeah. Zone yep. defense. Again, yeah. th- there's your, your strength versus mitch, uh, mismatch. Before we go to break, do you think we see more Jarek McKinnon uh, pass protection trying try to help out? Or do you see Pacheco trying to keep the defensive line on their toes saying, hey, they run the ball pride, uh, 
predominantly with Isaiah Pacheco. They can do some slip screens with Isaiah Pacheco. Well, I know this. If they need to block someone, I'd rather have Jarek McKinnon in there. Agreed. If they need if to. If they need to. If they need to. If you know this is a play where you need that half a beat to throw a pass a little bit further down the field than you wanted, you best have – Pacheco's getting better. He's got the yes. want to to do it. But he doesn't have – he doesn't read it right all the time and know where to be. And that comes with experience. Experience is yeah. all it is. And McKinnon rarely is in the wrong place. Yeah. So I, it, it's fascinating. It's a great matchup. These were the, the – Philly all year looked like the best team in the NFC. Yes. We knew that. We all knew the Vikings were a fraud. So Philly was the best team. And the Chiefs were among the two or three best teams the entire time. They survived the playoffs, mm-hmm. and they deserve to be in this championship. It's one seed, one seed. It's one seed, one seed. If you'd asked me in October, I'd have said this should be Philly and Buffalo. Sure. And if you asked me after the Chiefs lost at Cincinnati, I might say, well, this should be Cincinnati and Philly. It's always been Philly, though. And now if you ask me now, the Chiefs 100% absolutely deserve to do this Yeah. because they – won a game under extreme circumstances with an injured quarterback throwing the ball to Marcus Kemp in the in the fourth quarter of a game. So they 1,000% deserve this, and the storylines are awesome. It's Andy Reid, coached both places, Jason Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, da 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 Nick Sirianni was an assistant coach in Kansas City in the dark times, <laughs> you know. And not it's not just Andy Reid, his coach in Philadelphia. Eric Bieniemy played in Philadelphia. Matt Nagy played and coached in Philadelphia. Steve Spagnolo, Greg Lewis caught a touchdown pass yeah. for Andy Reid in the Super Bowl Philadelphia, and he's coaching the running backs. I mean, there's all kinds of cool things about this game. So it, I can't wait for what time is it? Is it, is it time? Is it Sunday yet? <laughs> Are we still sitting here on Monday? What it is time for is take a break. All right. Relax. Take a deep breath, Lebo. Okay. We'll come back. More at Chiefs Talk after this. Welcome back to the home stretch, ESPN Kansas City. Is this getting you pumped up? A little Ace of Spades, some Motorhead. Motorhead. I have a Motorhead album uh, called No Remorse. It's a kind of oh, greatest yeah. hits thing that has uh, it's leather. The the oh, album's album is leather. That's sick. Yeah, I think it's probably worth something. I am sad. I realized I no longer have my Motorhead shirt. I had one for the longest time. Bought it at a concert in '09. Mm. So I'm in the Midland. Guess who was drumming? You. Matt Sorum. Really? For Motorhead? Yeah. Mo- wow. it, it, he, he did like 12 shows. And fun fact, Matt Sorum is one of my favorite drummers who was in Velvet Revolver, uh, Guns, Guns N' Roses, Roses for a little sack, bit. Yeah. Uh, um, so it was cool. All their songs, of course, live sound the exact same, just the, yeah. the grovel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. It's good. The Ace but I just bought a new... Motorhead shirt because I go. Take I got to I got to replace the old one. Did you get at Target or something? No, I got on uh, <laughs> what some webs what some website that's connected with the band. Yeah, obviously okay. Lemmy's no longer right, but the band still with the money to go to the right. It people. goes to the right people. Sure, take care of them. They I earned it. This album has like all these greatest hits. It has a cover of Louis Louis on it. Well, yeah, they do. A, they have a yeah. cover of Louis Louis. They have a co- they have a they have some fun you covers. You can actually done. understand the words. Yeah. When Motorhead does Louis Louis better, better than, than the Kingsman. The Kingsman. Yeah. It's wild. Ooh, ah, ooh, ah. Yeah. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Love Motorhead. I've been favorite album March or Die. That's my favorite That's one, with, one. With, with Bad Religion, Hellraiser. 
I like Ace of Spades for Asylum just the song. Asylum Choir is on it. Yeah. You don't know this stuff. I don't know that. A cover album. of Cat Scratch Fever. There you go. Yeah. I saw Ted Nugent live opening up for Kiss with no makeup on. That's great. At the Muni, 1988. Is that the one you yacked at? Uh, it w- that was actually the night before. The night before you yacked, yeah. Aerosmith, opening, uh, opening act Dokken, Friday night, Saturday, the next day, Ted Nugent and Kiss. It's too much, too too soon. Did, did for you little eighteen year old me to to back to back? Did, Friday and Saturday. That's huge. Did you know though? It's like going to Taylor Swift two nights in a row. Hellraiser was written as a combo between Ozzy and Lemmy. Really. And, the, and the, Ozzy did, had to cancel his tour. You see that? I didn't see that. But yeah. also, just so you know, it's just, I don't think he's. I think he's gonna have to be done touring. He can't do it anymore. Well, he, he got blood clots when I saw Ozzy, yes. and he still performed. It was incredible. We're like, oh, Ozfest is canceled. All of a sudden, you see him out there. And we're like, dude, you should be in a hospital. He's fine. Hey, let me see your hands. Sharon. But yeah, I just thought it was cool. I know we we're talking sports, but we like music on this show. Yeah. And now you're getting some music knowledge. Where Hellraiser was written by both Lemmy and Ozzy. Mm. It was actually on Ozzy's album. No More Tears, right? because Lemmy helped write Mom, I'm Coming Home right. on that album. And then also was on the 92 March or Die album by Motorhead. By Motorhead. Beautiful. And they did a combo. It's kismet. Put it all really together. Good. It was really good. Yeah. They, then in this, they did a song together, that song, at one point, and it was really cool. Yeah. Ozzy hitting the high notes. Ozzy's still alive, but I don't think he's going to be in the shows anymore. I just saw last week, I think they... They had canceled some shows, and then I think they have to really cancel them. They had postponed, now they have to cancel. I don't mm, think he can do it. That's too bad. It's too bad. Saw him a few times. Because he just had that album come out not that long ago. Yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah. Pretty pretty, pretty good. I saw Ozzy in the 80s. I just saw him with Zach Wilde in the Ozfest. 90s. Nah, I probably didn't say 80s, and then the 2000s, and then with Black Sabbath in the 2010s. So I saw him over a few decades. I did not know they got back together with Black Sabbath. Or he... They did a deal. Uh, they had they were at formerly Sprint Center hmm. maybe six years ago. It was like, um, I think they might have called it the end. It was like, dang. Oh, it was great. I would have loved unbelievable. seeing that. Unbelievable. They didn't have uh, uh, the, the drummer, Bill Ward. Uh, Bill Ward. He wasn't there. He's a different drummer. No, Bill Ward's the bassist. No, he's a drummer. Geezer Butler's the bassist. Yeah. Bill Ward, they didn't have. The, he didn't. He doesn't do it anymore. They had a, a younger drummer. Okay. But everyone else was there. It was really good. And I saw him with Zach Wild at Sprint Center in yeah, like nine or ten or yeah. something. It was really good. And Rob Zombie opened. And because um, Zach Wild's in both Rob Zombie or he just shows up every Black Label Society. Black Label Society. And he does Did Aussie he do stuff. White Zombie, White Zombie, Rob Zombie, the same thing. It's no, just, yeah. I don't think White Zombie and Rob Zombie are the same thing. <laughs> No, they yeah, White Zombie, yeah. yes, and then he just did Rob Zombie. Yeah, I don't know why he stopped. It's not the same thing, but it's White Lion, White Zombie. Yeah, not yeah the same there thing. you go. But then I saw Ozzy, nineteen eighty six, um, the Ultimate Sin tour, mm. opening act, Metallica. Oh, there you go. Cliff Burton's still alive. I just saw Metallica. I well, just saw it five years ago, probably. It was great. I was at that show. It's awesome. Yeah. Well, I saw him in Philly, so I don't think you're at the same show. I was in Philly, First Union. No, it wasn't. There. It was, was not there. there. It was at the Wells Fargo. Oh, it used to be First Union. They changed the name. Which, speaking of, they ago. have the uh, the hockey NBA combo. Right, right there, right next it's just, to. No, it's the same. It's the same building. Yeah, and they have to do the ice, which I thought was very fast because I worked for the Sixers again. Yeah. If you 
part of the process. Part of the process. You're part of the process. But Ozzy, at that point, um, I don't think. Uh, I think Jake E. Lee might have been there then as his guitarist. It was hard to tell. Randy Rhodes had passed. Yeah. There was a dude named Brad Gillis for a while, but it was the Ultimate Sin Tour. It was kind of a big Aussie with kind of wearing glitter clothes. Sure. In, I, I was a I big fan it. of Dio Black Sabbath, too. I was a big Dio Black Sabbath guy. The Mob Rules. Heaven and Hell. Heaven and Hell. That was a great album. Yeah, I had uh, my brother and I went to that show. I probably told you this before. We went to see Ozzy, and there's no, we didn't even know who the opening act was. Yeah. We had no clue. And we just went there, and all these people were gathered around the tables buying Metallica shirts. They were, they, there was all these crazy hardcore Metallica fans, and I didn't even know who they were. Never heard of them in my life. Yeah. And um, I just remember I was 16 years old, and um, there, one T-shirt they were selling was a toilet with yeah. a hand with a knife coming out of it. Yeah. And it said, metal up your A. That was the name the name of the shirt. Yeah, and I was like, I don't. I what is, what is this even? I came here to see Ozzy. I want to hear, you know, Crazy Train. Let's do this. And then we watched Metallica play for like forty five minutes, and they just blew everyone's faces off. And all these people around us knew the words to the songs, like they were for whom the bell tolls and all this stuff. They knew all these. Was songs. Search and Destroy then yet? Oh yeah. The, so it's, Seek and Destroy had already been out. Seek and Destroy. And uh, so this was the third record. Master of Puppets had just come out like a month oh, before. Oh, nice. Like, like a month before. It was brand new. And this was like the second show of the tour. And they were in Wichita and they were here. And so we saw this. And like the next day, my brother was at Streetside Records in Nolan Road yeah. buying the Master of Puppets cassette. And, um, and then Cliff Burton died like uh, three months later. It, I will always say, too, they did a show with Jody Jordison of Slipknot. And you can just see how thrilled everyone at Metallica is to have a drummer. You making fun of Lars? Like, he's fine. <laughs> he's fine. But he's not they, the greatest drummer in the world. But you, you hear him on, they, they played one. Yeah. And, with, with, <laughs> and you're like, oh, wow, th yeah. this is pretty cool. Yeah. No, it was neat to see him, and it was like all it was, it was they had a pretty small stage because Ozzy had a big stage, so they had their stuff sure, out front, yeah. but it had the little, you know, the gravestones. The great, because for Master Puppets, And they were yeah. like, they were like, it wasn't just a painting, they were like some gravestones up there. That's cool. And it was just super loud and thrashy. I'd never heard one of the songs in my life, but we just went and bought it the next day. Why have we never done a classic rock show for Union Broadcasting. Come we need on. We do a podcast. We could we could add it back there. We could do it. We can get we can get Max Floyd. Bring him in. He'll, he'll join us every once in a while. I guarantee it. But we had a uh, it was good cuz Ozzy was like still healthy-ish at that point. Sure. But he was kind of thick, fat Ozzy. Yeah. And that if you go find the ultimate sin VHS of that con <laughs> it was shot in Kansas City at that show. Boom. And almost every crowd shot was shot before during Metallica because they didn't want to bother Ozzy while the show was going on. And so it was the they were they, so anytime you see someone cheering, they were cheering for Metallica song or just for the camera. Sure. Yeah, my brother has that VHS somewhere. It's a shot in the dark. Remember that song? Yeah, you like uh, song. you really give it your all there, huh? Yeah, I don't like that song. All right. We should probably talk at least some cheese before we take a break again. We just talked for 30 minutes about the cheese. I know. McCall Hardman plays in the IR. Mm -hmm. Season's over. This I, is a tough— I feel horrible for horrible him, for him because this sucks. was a monster, monster year for him. Yeah. He's a fourth-year player. You're not a first-round draft pick. You don't have a fifth-year option. Yeah. You needed to go prove it this year. This was his year to go prove it. Tyreek Hill is gone, right? Yeah. This is your chance to go earn a 
I don't know, a Christian Kirk contract. Not a not a Devontae Adams contract. Or uh maybe not Christian Kirk, but but something. Twelve could, plus minutes. I'm not talking about here. If yes, but yes, if, correct. if he played well here, I think he could have gotten a Christian Kirk contract somewhere. Because Christian Kirk wasn't no. the wasn't the main guy. No, Christian Kirk had more hype surrounding him. But what if what if Ty, the thing about this? What if with him McCole Harbin this year caught 85 balls for like 1,100 yards and seven touchdowns? But he he wasn't going to do that. Well, he didn't do it because he got hurt. And he he wasn't on pace for that either. But come on, he was hurt the whole time. So then he's hurt, and then he tries, and we still don't know what was wrong with him. Yeah. But we try. He tries and tries and tries to get back, and then he gets hit on one of the weirdest looking plays you ever yeah. saw. It exactly hurts everything that's been hurting before, and now he can't play in the Super Bowl. It's, it kind of stinks. I wonder if this is a positive thing for Kansas City. He's never had the chance to get up. I, what did he finish the season with, like 300 yards receiving? Probably. Gosh, he didn't play many games. So that could be a case where Kansas City could, could land him back because of concerns on a one-year deal. Could be. But, I feel bad for him because this was your chance. To, when you're 24 years old – and you've played in a great offense, and you've gone to three Super Bowls, yeah. and you know you got the world sitting there at your feet. You're, you're not going to get money like we're talking about with Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. But you're going to get a good contract. Yeah, you are. An MVS contract. Oh, or better than that, like sure. more, multiple-year thing, right? But let's say a three-year, $40 million He contract. only played eight games, ended up with 297 yards, 300 yards. But he had four touchdowns, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, but he had gotten a little bit better each year, like 500 yards, yeah. 560 yards, almost 700 yards. Yeah. You're like, you're going to kind of get I thought there. this year was going to be an 800-yard season yeah. for McColl. Exactly. But you get hurt, and it's just timing. Yeah. It's not great. It's not great. But Clyde Edwards-Alaire is the guy activated. He's activated, yep. So do you think he gets called up? For the Super Bowl, is he going to be take Rojo's I he, spot? I think he's going to be active. You think he takes Rojo's spot? I think there's a chance. There's a chance. Or, or unless the Chiefs decide to keep five wide receivers and there's going to be four running backs, which seems as yeah, Clyde's not seems gonna, asinine. Clyde's not going to like uh, play special teams. Um, so you're the, the the likely place would be Rojo being inactive. Correct. Yeah. But Does by the way, Christian snaps? Kirk had uh, 982 yards. The That's year my before. point. Yeah. But uh, before that, he was 590, 621. He was very McColl Hardman. It, it was, if but McColl could have gotten to that. To that, and who's to say he would have? But if he if he could have gotten close to that, then you're talking about he could have gotten some money somewhere. But right now, he's he's not worth a penny. Well, he he might get a 10 mil per season type deal instead of a. I bet it's half of that. I mean, I, I don't know how you can sign to. I don't know what all is hurt on sure. this pelvis. I, I, I'm just going to go ahead and uh, let's just say assume he's healthy for start of next year. That that's what I'm going off of. Yeah, well, that'd be good. But I mean, he could have gotten if not Christian Kirk, 85 percent of Christian Kirk. But I think sure. it's more like 50 percent now. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think Clyde. I don't think they're they're they want their options open. He's going to have to get through practice and all this stuff. You can only have 53 active for the game. But they still like this guy. I think part of it is they want to prove that it made sense to draft him, right? I know you loved the pick when he, when they did it. You love first-round running backs. That's what you're all about. Um, but, yeah, I think a lot of things are still at play here. I think Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be healthy enough to play. I think Kadarius Tony is going to be healthy enough to play. Yeah, I believe all of those things are going to happen. But it's just Monday still. they got to get through the sure. week. And if someone's knee... No setbacks is what you're saying. Like yeah. if, if Juju has a setback or Tony has a tweak of his ankle, which could happen walking on the stairs, yeah. right? I mean, that's kind of what it looks like with him. you got to have everyone ready to kind of go there. I love Marcus Kemp. 
He's a great yes. guy, a team player, all that. But they don't need Marcus Kemp uh, running routes yeah. unless they're just having fun because they're up by 20 points. And he looked pretty quarter. good on his reception. He made a big play. Yeah. He made a big catch. Marcus Kemp wasn't on this team until October. They had all these issues on special teams. They needed to go bring some of the old dudes back to tackle people, yeah. and that's what he did, and then he got to make a big play in the game. I loved it for him. Let's take a quick break, come back, because I just realized, as the guy who's actually running the show today as well, I'm not, I'm not very good at, uh, clock. Winning, at, at clock, clock management. management. Uh, so we'll take a quick break, come back, home stretch here, ESPN, Kansas City. Welcome back to the home stretch, ESPN Kansas City. I actually got to see Lebo this weekend. Yeah, big uh, red hot night charity for Children's Mercy. You we were out there working the tables. Oh yeah, baby, we care about the there. kids. Two point seven million dollars raised, thanks in large part to you. I was out there pumping it up, and your thanks your to you, Lebo. It. it was all you. My small donation. Uh, it's a, it's a great event. I've been to it several times. It's a lot of fun, and they do great work at Children's Mercy Research Institute and Children's Mercy Hospital. And events like that and the generosity of all the good people of Kansas City and all the work people putting in going down there and doing that stuff, is, uh, it's just great. It's, it's amazing to see when people come together, you know, giving, all that stuff. It's awesome. It's a really great event. It's always been fun. It's really cool. Well, with the minute left, what are your thoughts on Nick Sirianni saying he still feels snubbed by Andy Reid letting him go in 2012? He was what the wide receiver's coach. And Nick Sirianni says, there's still a chip on my shoulder for him canning me. Well, it can't be fun to, to not get to keep a job, but nobody on that coaching staff stayed. The yeah. Chiefs needed everything to be cleared out. I don't know if it was even all Andy Reid's decision. It was probably a case of, hey, we're no, starting I think Andy fresh. got to choose whatever he wanted, but it was probably told to him, this is, put yourself back in December of 2012. And tell me you think anyone who deserved to keep doing things on the coaching staff. I think it worked out pretty well for both parties. It's Nick fine. Sirianni, yeah. Andy Reid, now they're clashing in a Super Bowl. This was the home stretch here, ESPN Kansas City. Back live in studio tomorrow, 3 to 4 p.m. Until then, we are out.